Welcome to the Charles Thorngren Show. Uh, this is Charles Thorngren, CEO of Legacy Precious Metals, our sponsor. On today's show, we had a very unique opportunity. Um, I got to speak with a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Speaker Gingrich. Um, if you, uh, you've heard some of our stuff in the past, you know that uh, Newt and I have some very uh, interesting conversations. And we got a chance to discuss some of the things that he was concerned about, some of the things he sees going on in the the economy right now and, and part of that also includes the political world and how things are being managed um obviously interest rates and some banking issues but more importantly how to take steps to avoid that and things to watch for so it was a great conversation um there's probably much more of the conversation that went on that you don't hear because once he and i get together and we start talking um it goes on for a while uh, he, he's a, a wonderful person um, and, but very knowledgeable. So it was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Charles Thorngren Show by Legacy Precious Metals. We're living in tough economic times with soaring grocery prices, high inflation, and an unstable stock market. Do you really want to gamble with your investments? That's why I use Legacy Precious Metals for my gold and precious metals investments. Legacy can help protect your wealth and your financial future. Call Legacy today at 866-484-4043 or visit buylegacygold.com to download their comprehensive gold guide. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Invest in gold with Legacy Precious Metals. Visit buylegacygold.com. On this episode of Newt's World, when Silicon Valley Bank was taken over by federal regulators last Friday, it was the largest U.S. bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis. There were a combination of factors that brought the bank under FDIC control. Then, Signature Bank, a New York financial institution with a large real estate lending business that had recently made a play to win cryptocurrency deposits, closed its doors abruptly on Sunday after regulators said that keeping the bank open could threaten the stability of the entire financial system. The challenges these small and mid-sized banks face is focusing on niche lines of business with a narrow customer base, which leaves them especially vulnerable to a run-on-the-bank scenario. And today, we're going to talk about these bank failures, the impact on the stock market, and why it's so important to diversify your investments. So I'm really pleased to welcome back my guest and good friend, Charles Thorngren founder and CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, welcome. Thank you for joining me again on Newt's World. Thanks for having me, Newt. Happy to be here. What a perfect time for us to be having this conversation. You know, it's been quite a week for the banking industry and for concerned investors. I thought we ought to start by talking about each of the banking collapses because they're very different. So let's start with the Silicon Valley bank failure in Santa Clara, California. Can you walk us through what happened and why did they close? The big issue with the Silicon Valley Bank and being shut down by regulators, it really came down to a situation where the capital reserves weren't there. You have a facility which was, again, a niche bank that was dealing with startups and a lot of crypto transactions. So you have such a niche situation because startups, as we know, don't typically generate profits, right? So 
the investments there are investments that need to be made for the long term while they await the ability to generate profitability. So you have a lot of great technology that will eventually become quite profitable, but how do we service them until they get there? That and then also the crypto markets as well. So it being a banking service to almost half of all the venture capital-backed technology, life science firms, and over 2,500 venture capital firms, it's unique in that aspect. So it has to be managed with that in mind. You get a company like that with all that cash from the startups, it gets a lot of initial cash. But as a bank, it keeps a very small amount of those reserves in cash. They're using that to invest. And what they do outside of technology and the creation of new technology and crypto-related assets, they like to manage it like a regular bank. So they buy long-term debt like U.S. Treasury bonds. And those are great. They're steady. They give a modest return. But that's only effective when interest rates are low. The bank didn't have the foresight or didn't listen to you, Newt, when we were talking about, you know, interest rates going up. They didn't have the foresight to step out of the regular world that they're used to dealing in and look at things outside of it to realize that with what's happening in the economy with inflation, it puts them at risk. And that really is the key basis. So when you have your crypto investor who most crypto investors have had any success, you know, have deposits in that bank over the $250,000 mark. They begin to get worried. They run on the bank. They want to make sure that they get their money before anything happens. So when you have that and you had a company that had all that pandemic money and they did what banks typically do, they put it in those long-term bonds, treasury bonds, it provides the inability to meet the needs of the customers removing funds. Well, you had a situation here in California where the bank really had a non-bank model. It was really a venture capital firm calling itself a bank, and it didn't have the kind of long-term liquidity that you would expect. The whole theory is that they make long-term loans that pay more ultimately than they're paying their depositors, which is how they survive. It's a relatively small bank. I mean, the numbers nowadays are so huge, but it had $209 billion in assets, but J.P. Morgan Chase has $3 trillion. However, on Monday, President Biden publicly announced that all deposits, not just up to $250,000, would be covered by the FDIC. To quote Biden, your deposits will be there when you need them. I think that was done to minimize a general run on banks at large. But isn't that in the long run a dangerous strategy to have no risk at all? Absolutely. The FDIC insurance is not there to make you whole. It's there to provide a cushion so that banks can do what they need to do. They can leverage. They can give you protection if their model is correct. And most people who have a bank account don't have a bank account that has an excess of $250,000 in it in one place. It's usually invested someplace. It's not sitting in cash. So when you look at that and when President Biden says he's going to make the steps to go against tradition and to go against what is the common rule of banking and guarantee every deposit, this becomes a problem. FDIC insurance 
is typically paid by the banking facilities. This is a fee they absorb for that form of protection from a bank run and from illiquidity. But when you go above the amount that's insured, that means us, the taxpayers, now have to bail out those amounts above the federal insurance. You have a scenario where people who used common sense, who had their funds diversified correctly, are now having to pay for those who just put their money in what we really can call a venture capital firm, not a bank. This rings disingenuous to what the FDIC was actually created to do. So following up on the Silicon Valley Bank in California, we then had a failure all the way across the country in the New York-based Signature Bank, which had 40 branches around the country. And on Sunday, March 12th, it became the third largest failure in U.S. banking history. It's totally different from the Silicon Valley Bank because it largely was a real estate lending business and it recently invested very heavily in cryptocurrency deposits. And it really closed its doors very abruptly on Sunday. It's a fascinating moment. Here you had a bank that, again, was going way out of normal banking business. It had 40 branches, assets of about $110 billion, but the bank itself ended up in a situation where it had something like $16 billion in deposits from digital asset-related customers, and crypto investing has really had a bad couple months. So as those things went down, the bank's holdings went down. The result is that there's another banking example. And again, the FDIC said that everybody would be made whole. Now, Charles Schwab's shares fell a lot on Monday. Do you have a sense that they are stabilizing or do you think that they're also in danger? There's the feel that they are stabilizing, but I do believe there's still danger. Charles Schwab has a unique model where it's really almost a self-serve. So you have customers who don't necessarily follow the typical norms of where they would put money if you were an investment firm. So you have a makeup of investors who are doing kind of what they want. So it's really hard for Charles Schwab to be able to position themselves based on what the customers want. So they're having to step out of the normal model as well. And I think like a Charles Schwab, you see problems as the economy gets tougher and most people aren't adding new to the investment parameters in just equities because of what's going on in the markets. And as people seek diversification, Charles Schwab suffers because of that. They're not going to be taking in the deposits that they're used to. So that gives them a weakness that it's hard to quantify until you dig into the books. But the general perception is they're not going to perform as well as your more normalized banks. So, yes, continued weakness there. There are some firms which in really good times do really well, do better than big banks. But then in bad times, they're at dramatically greater risk. And Schwab is a big bank. It's the eighth largest U.S. bank by assets with $7 trillion in client assets, $33.8 million active brokerage accounts. So even to have a place like that a little shaken is a sign that the system is under considerable stress, really for the first time since 2008. And again, it's a liquidity problem. You know, the Federal Reserve is trying to fight inflation. It's raising interest rates. It's changing the game. These guys had all sort of gotten into a game of low interest rates and lots of money. And now there isn't as much money and the interest have gone up. This is not a new thing. People need to remember that when the stock market crashed back in October of 1929, people really were worried 
And as a result, there was a huge run on the bank. 650 banks failed in 1929. More than 1,300 failed in 1930. In December 31, New York's Bank of the United States collapsed with more than $200 million in deposits, making it the largest single bank failure in American history at that time. And then, of course, we thought we'd learned all those lessons. And then in the 2008 financial crisis, we sort of repeated a whole bunch of mistakes. And you ended up with a very big system going broke. Home prices began to fall in early 2006. Then subprime lenders began to file for bankruptcy in 2007. Two big hedge funds failed, weighed down by investments in subprime loans. And that began to cause a panic. And then in September 2008, Lehman Brothers, a very old, very prestigious firm, collapsed in the biggest U.S. bankruptcy ever. And so we had to go through a whole cycle of deep economic pain. So it strikes me that this is the perfect moment for you to share with us your thinking about a diversified investment plan, given what happens if you put all of your eggs in one basket and that basket gets dropped. Absolutely. And that basket has been dropped and we're seeing it. And this is why we talk so much about diversifying. You want the ability of your portfolio to withstand the known issues, but also the unknown. And shocks like this to the system, even though that we've talked about it and we've kind of been talking about it because interest rates were going up, to this degree, it's considered an unknown shock. And this is why we diversify. Metals in this scenario are there to protect that plunge that you can see until some normalcy comes back. And this is why we talk about diversity. Is it good to have metals over the long term? Absolutely. We run a society to where there is inflation, it's considered good. So you always have a need for metals. But in a time of high inflation and in a time of wild rides in equities markets and increased loan costs for real estate, you throw the cryptos in there, which even during a normal market are wild to begin with. This is why metals are so important. They give your portfolio that protection. You don't have to take the huge hit from not being in strictly just equities. You don't have to take the huge hit of being just in cryptos or just in real estate. By having the metals, you offer a bottom line protection to what your account value is. You're not going to take those big losses and you're going to see your metals outperform and give you the protection. In some cases, even perform to the point where you don't take a loss on the year on your portfolio because they'll be there to bridge that difference between your other assets and the rise in value of metals. Are you worried about your financial assets after recent events in banking? Cut through the market uncertainty with the tried and true safe haven against volatility, gold. When it comes to investing in gold and silver, I trust and invest with Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy Precious Metals makes it easy to invest in precious metals with its revolutionary online platform. With just a few clicks, you can open your account, select your metals, and start investing. They can store your metals in vaults or ship them directly to you. And you'll have access to a personalized dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, putting you in complete control of your money. With Legacy Precious Metals, diversify your portfolio beyond stocks and bonds, safeguard your retirement, and preserve your portfolio's value against inflation. 
Protect your hard-earned money from market fluctuations. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or create your free account at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Part of what you're talking about in diversity is precisely because you can suddenly have very dramatic economic changes. You know, last year, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates at the fastest pace since the 1980s. It went from just barely above zero to 4.5% in one year. Large parts of the system had not expected that scale of transition. And Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve chair, has been very clear in his testimony before the Senate Banking Committee that they are going to continue to raise interest rates until they get to a point that inflation gets down to about 2% a year, which is a very significant change from now and is going to put a great deal of pressure on people who are counting on paper investments leading to very large upsides. You've been through this before and you've seen this before. To what extent does that almost make the case for gold and silver being a very, very important hedge against these kind of dramatic changes? That's a great question. And I would say it doesn't just make the case, it makes it a necessity. There is one thing that's going to counteract the interest rates, the turnaround in the economy as we see interest rates go higher and the cost of things get higher because it costs manufacturers more. This is exactly why we need precious metals. It will be the one asset that continues to move up and counter that loss that you're receiving in your purchasing power, but also in the interest rates. And it's going to give you the opportunity to ride through the wave until we can get back to a 2% rate. It's going to take time. It's going to take years. 2008, it was a decade before we really got back to strength. Chairman Powell is pretty clear. He says he wants it to get down to 2%. Well, the annual rate as of the end of January is 6.4%. And the previous year, it was 6.5%. So they have not yet dented the scale of the inflation that has been built up by years of too much government spending, years of too much deficit. It seems to me that in specific areas, for example, in the consumer price index, the consumer price index for urban consumers actually rose by half percent in January, which would in principle be like 6% a year and people who've been going to the grocery store have seen those kind of changes. So you're going to see continued pressure, it seems to me, from the Federal Reserve and continued increases in interest rates. And the result's going to be that for a lot of investments, things are going to get much tighter. And particularly if this then translates through to mortgage rates and that then translates through to housing, housing is a huge producer of jobs in this country. And I think that People in that kind of a setting really need some base of stability from which they can then look at what's happening to their other assets. Absolutely. And it's like you said, Chairman Powell has been saying this for more than a year now, but no one's been listening. That's the devastating part. You have advisors out there who aren't taking the chairman at his word to their own detriment and to their client's detriment. He's been very specific. This is where that phrase comes from, higher for longer. His path is very clear and it is necessary. It is one of the few ways that we can actually combat the inflation that we have. 
as you said, we've been through such a long period of easy money, low interest rates, that the system has almost forgotten how to behave normally. So this is why we have to take these steps. And it will affect the housing markets. It's going to affect everything. Credit card debt, that's next. That's something that hasn't been talked about yet, but we'll see. But housing specifically, it's such a key factor to the United States economy, whether it's you build the houses or you sell the houses or you furnish the houses or you furnish the furniture that goes to the houses and all the goods that wrap around it. It creates such a shock that people begin to lose faith in housing then. And that's a detriment. Well, and at that point, people who had bought a house expecting it to rise, I think for most middle-class Americans, their home is their largest single capital investment. And they spend 20 or 30 years paying off the mortgage, and they think it's going to provide a nice baseline for their retirement. And suddenly they're faced with a much tougher housing market because the rise in interest rates to combat the inflation, you know, the average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate home loan climbed to 6.73%. And I think two or three years ago, it was probably down at around two or three. And if you average that out over a 30-year period, that is a lot of money you're now going to pay, not just for the house, but for the loan. And that changes things in a way that, again, I think reinforces your emphasis that People have to recognize that the world can change and that they need diversity so that whichever direction the world goes in, they still have a stable baseline from which they can plan their future. Absolutely. And the interesting thing with the housing, too, if you look at that increase, dramatically changes the monthly payment. And unfortunately, most people buy homes today based on what it costs them a month to live in it instead of the value of the home. And you're now having a situation where people are paying twice as much than they were last year for the same home value. You've worked hard for your savings. What are you doing to protect its value? We all know the stock market is volatile. By diversifying your portfolio, you can protect yourself from an unpredictable market. That's why I invest with Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. They make investing in gold and silver simple. Just open an online account, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You'll have access to a personalized dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. Create your free account online at buylegacygold.com or Give their experts a call today at 866-484-4043. Even in the event of a stock market, housing market, or banking collapse, gold and silver have been shown to retain their worth. Don't leave your future up to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-484-4043 or visit buylegacygold.com. Can you talk to us for a little bit about how gold performed compared to other asset classes over the last year? Absolutely. We were up 18% just in this past quarter, and we saw a small dip, which was amazing. But more importantly, is it's starting to move again. So what we see is you take a look at your equities markets and you see that they're averaging down about 19, 20%, depending on if you're in a fund or the overall And gold has replaced that loss. 
And that's one of the key things we look at when you're looking at gold and silver and you're seeing 18 to 22 percent return based on whether it's gold or silver or it's a combination. You see that offset. It brings to point exactly what we've been saying. You take this asset and you use it as the insurance. So what we've lost in the equity is what we've lost in possible real estate. We offset that with precious metals. It gives us a flatter curve of growth than just being in one asset. If you're in just equities, your growth curve is very scattered. It's very up and down. When you add metals to the mix, you flatten out that curve and it gives you what you really want is a more balanced growth rate to get to your goal, whether it be retirement or just saving assets or protecting purchasing power. And that's one of the important things about it. When you do this, you remove the risk of the unknown. You protect that purchasing power. And this is why we do it. And you'll see in the year to come, I think you're going to see an even greater growth rate in your metals because you're going to see, unfortunately, more loss in the equities markets because we know that the rate that we have now, we're sitting at 4.75-ish roughly for the Fed's rate. There's talk that they're going to have to go over six to get rid of this inflation and hold it there for a while. So well, I was struck, by the way, that gold has had a pretty good run and really surged in January. Silver has been remarkable. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening in the silver market? Silver to me is the superstar that no one talks about. Gold is fantastic. Most people think of metals, they think of gold. And gold is a great currency asset. Silver is also a currency asset. It replaces your dollars, but it has so much manufacturing capabilities. It has such a need in a world where everyone wants to put solar or put a hybrid engine. There's so much silver used in that transaction to create energy from the sun takes a lot of silver to create electronic devices. There's a lot of silver. So you're seeing more and more silver being used in a mechanical application along with its investment application. So when we look at silver and know that there's such a demand on it, there's problem getting enough silver out of the ground. And that's probably the easiest way to say it. We don't have enough silver to meet demand. So with that, we're seeing a push and we're seeing an elevation in the price. And it's a great time to take advantage of that because we know solar is not going away. Electric vehicles are not going away. And electronics are not going away. Thank you for listening to The Charles Thorngren Show by Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy Precious Metals helps investors protect their retirements and build wealth through investments in gold, silver, and precious metals. Whether you want metals shipped directly and discreetly to your house, or you want to roll your existing IRA into a gold-backed IRA, Legacy Precious Metals is the company you can trust. To speak to an expert, call 866-473-6204 or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to download our free investing guide.